0: If you'd stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord, praise God, so thankful for Brother Ari Prado, and uh, the reports that we received were just were just tremendous. My wife and I were um, invited to be in Rialto, Brother Larry Booker's church. I am not being dramatic when I tell you this, but my wife knocked it so far out of the park, um, They are regularly telling me that she's a better preacher than I am. And I believe it. She gets to practice at home on me. And that's why I'm so perfect. And she's such a great speaker. But I do not know how many people got the Holy Ghost this last weekend. Brother Booker and his son lost count. How many people got the Holy Ghost this weekend? I'm sure... I'm sure by now after they've communicated with um, all the people or the necessary people that they probably have a good idea. But while we were with them Sunday night, they just went on and on and on. And they couldn't figure out how many people had actually received the Holy Ghost. The same spirit. I looked at my wife. And I said that same spirit. There is a unique connection now between us and uh, Inland Lighthouse. And I thank God for it. Amen. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Luke, chapter number 6. Once again, uh, in conjunction with what Chris mentioned, we have early morning prayer. Listen, don't start your day without Jesus. In the book of Genesis, God spoke with Adam in the cool of the day, setting forth a principle to us that we should start our day With Jesus. You don't have to live your day with depression, overly concerned, and worry and fear. You can live, begin your day with Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Luke chapter number six and verse number 38. Jesus speaking here, he says, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you met or give or manifest withal, it shall be measured to you again. And I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about giving as a lifestyle. And if you don't like that title, I've got another one. My second one is living in the flow. And if you don't like that one, I'm sorry. Those are the only two I've got. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. There's nobody like you. You're in this place to bless your people, give understanding, give wisdom, give direction. Pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Maybe see, seated. Brother Tony Richmond. I'd like you to come here for one minute. This, this young man right here. Uh, he and his wife started a home missions church in the Tri-Cities, and we have taken him and his work under our wing. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Why don't you say something? Praise God.
1: Praise God. What an honor it is to be here in this great place here tonight with all you wonderful people. Uh, praise God. That being said, I'm not an evangelist. I don't have to try to impress you and hype you up and get you on your feet and standing, but I do want to say this. I appreciate The excellency in leadership in this church. That weight that flows all the way down to the pew. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you something. I told myself if I I got up here, I wouldn't get excited. Praise God. But let me tell you something right now. None of this is by accident. Praise God. We don't have Holy Ghost radio going on in the back. I can tell anybody that wants to ask me if y'all just putting on a show when it's conference time. Hey, I'm glad I feel the same Holy Ghost in this place tonight on a midweek when God's people supposed to be in God's house. Where you at tonight? Come on. Hallelujah. 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 I'm so thankful, and I want to hear this man preach. Praise God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm looking forward to to hearing him him preach. I must say I'm so thankful for your pastor, your family, uh, his family, and this entire church. Uh, Because, once again, it doesn't just happen because one man has a vision and is a hard worker and just his family. Let me tell you something. If you all weren't learning and you all weren't getting on board and you all weren't giving and what is he preaching? Lord, have mercy. And you all weren't doing your part. That kind of stuff doesn't just happen by, by one man or one family. Praise God. I want to tell you all we love you. We thank you for your, your faithfulness. We appreciate the, the stand you continue to take. And, and man, we, we, we just, I, I love feeling the same spirit here. Praise God. Hey, are we still serving one God? Come on. Is he still alive in 2019? Hallelujah. Hey, there's still no devil that is going to trump God's people when they're really hooked up. Hallelujah. You know how you know you're hooked up on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night? You haven't church like this. My Lord, take this mic from me, Elder. I love you. Thank you. You might need to come and preach
0: a revival for us. (laughs) Praise God. Continue to pray for this man and his family, especially his daughter that's in the hospital. And uh, I know that God is going to raise her up. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Richmond, for that. That's called being instant in-season and being instant out-of-season. I don't know if you're in-season or out-of-season, but that was just right. That was just right. Hallelujah. The last two or three services that I've had the opportunity uh, to address you, and I've just been gone too much. I apologize for that. It isn't what I, uh, what I really want to do. I want to be home, and I have purpose that next year I'm starting to get calls to do all kinds of stuff, and uh, I am going to do my very, very best to only be gone one weekend a month starting next year, and so I hope you'll cut me a little bit of slack, but there's a lot of people out there that want to find out how to have revival and want to know why God is moving in Spokane, and they want some of it too, so we have a responsibility to share that, amen? Amen. 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 Last several uh, opportunities that I've had to address you, we are talking about uh, finances and giving and a spirit, and the reason for that is is because we are moving on. And on, on any given Sunday, this congregation is a minimum of 75 to 80 percent full. And the 80% uh, rule is, for those of you that are uninitiated, means that when any church reaches 80%, you already need to be looking down the road for another facility. And we don't have to look very far because it's right across the street. That's right. And so uh, there are several things that we will be, continue to talk about leading up to um, an initiated building program that's going to have to be pretty rapid fire and get us on board. Tonight, I was in the sanctuary this morning, and I just, there was a whole bunch that I want to say, I need to say, but I really felt like God directed my attention to talk about this tonight, where giving um, is a lifestyle. And one of the things if, you're, if your ear is to the wall and you hear what's going on in our nation right now, I want to tell you it is pathetic. Some of the voices that have, that are being used in this hour to try to introduce a socialistic government and a socialistic direction. And uh, for those of you that, that don't understand this, a socialistic government is where everybody receives the same. And nobody has any more than anybody else. What we have lost as a nation is the fact that people will not get off their backside and go out and get a job and become achievers like everybody else. That is the beauty of capitalism is that everybody has an equal opportunity. And somebody said, praise the Lord. Lord. But one of the things that I always scratch my head about when I read something that is so bizarre uh, in some of, this, some of this rhetoric that is coming forth uh, trying to entrap us with a communistic culture is who is going to pay for all this? Who is going to pay for all this? If everybody is entrapped in a socialistic government, then there is not going to be a middle class to get up and go to work that is going to pay for all this that is because we are part and parcel of a culture that is losing their understanding about getting up and becoming an achiever, being all you can be and and earning a lifestyle. Earning a lifestyle, getting a job, getting an education. I heard recently about people that were getting in to colleges and getting college degrees without having to do anything to do it just because they're related to somebody in Hollywood and um, all this kind of stuff is going on. Tonight I want to talk to us about, about doing this God's way and you just, I have to begin this by telling you that you will never get this if, if you're a person That does not want to go deeper with God. Now, I'm persuaded better things of you. This church was born out of a prayer meeting. Uh, Did you hear how many times this man introduced prayer in his announcements tonight? We have prayer in the morning. We have prayer before service. The youth group is going to meet in the prayer room. It's all about prayer, prayer, prayer. That is on purpose. The people that pray are the people that stay. The people that fast or people that last. People that win souls or people that reach their goals. And you can probably tell I'm making this stuff up. But nonetheless, it makes a lot of sense, and it is reality. The principle of giving and receiving does not actually begin in verse number 38. It actually goes way back, but we are going to pick it up in verse number 35. If you'd help us out, Brother Clark. But this is Jesus teaching. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Okay? Now this is, this is in the physical. This is, this is in the human realm. He says, but love your enemies. I'm going to tell you that is an impossibility without walking in the Holy Ghost. It is impossible to do that. Okay? And it says, and lend hoping for nothing again, and your rewards shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. This is an opportunity to be like God. Oftentimes when we think about, well, I want to be like Jesus, we're talking about walking through walls and walking on water and turning a couple loaves of bread to feed a multitude. There's something much more applicable for us than that, and that is our attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, your attitude. Okay, the very next verse, verse number 36, stick with me. Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. In Matthew's rendition of that, he said, if you want mercy, you have to give mercy. Okay, verse number 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. The whole whole message here is is that everything begins with me. And I've talked about this before, but this this is the spinal column of life in the kingdom of God. Life in the kingdom of God is not praying to get God to do something. Prayer is to adjust me so that I can hear God's voice, see God at work, and believe God to be with me. I don't pray to get God. This is probably why a lot of people don't pray very long, is because it becomes monotonous. It hurts their flesh, and so they quit. That's not the purpose of prayer. The prayer adjusts my spirit so that I can be what God wants me to be, and everything else will follow. Everything begins with me. In other words, in other words, what I receive from other people and what I receive from God, it begins with me. I regulate. It is self-adjusting. For those of you that are mechanical, it's self-leveling. Everything begins with me. If I need mercy from God, I need to have shown mercy to somebody else that didn't necessarily deserve it. That's why he said, judge not, lest she be judged. Condemn not, lest she be condemned. Everything begins with me. Hallelujah. Verse number 37. Oh, judge not. We already read that one. I'm sorry. Verse number 38. Okay, the whole context now has been revival starts with me. It's all self-regulating. Verse number 38 is tagging right into that. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Notice that the cycle of reciprocity does not begin with receiving. People in our culture are bombarded. We just got, we just got, there was like a four or a five year gap with the Secretary of State and they sent us a bill for our 4.6 acres on the interstate and said, you guys owe several thousand dollars in back taxes. And they're not playing around. So we are going to be givers. Not because we want to be, but because we have to be. The government wants their money. It's just the right thing to tip Seems like everybody's got their hand out. Illegal immigrants have their hand out. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. We need a wall. Well, I didn't come here for a hate speech. That ain't a hate speech. That's common sense. Just go ahead and open your front door and go out on your lawn and scream to the top of your lungs, just come on in. Take whatever you want. The cycle begins with giving. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Now, I already knew before I got here tonight that, listen, I'm just like you. I'm not super spiritual. When some people talk about giving, there's something in me that almost says, all right, I'm just waiting to hear what you got to say. Well, I want to tell you something. When it comes to what Jesus said, That's really all that matters. And Jesus already begins, he already gets momentum that are what we get from people and what we get from God is something that starts with us and it starts with my attitude, it starts with my behavior, it starts with my words, it starts how I treat people, everything. And then he puts giving right into that equation. Okay, let's go back to that verse, verse number 38, and let's read through this. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Okay. Equal, doesn't sound like it, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, And running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same. Here's the principle that just undergirded the last five scriptures that we read. For with the same measure that you manifest shall it be measured to you again. Now you think I've just come to talk about money. This is more than money. This is talking about being kind to people, being friendly to people, loving people, sacrificing to walk little old ladies down the aisle while everybody else is running the aisle. Acts of kindness, acts of generosity, a spirit of kindness. Hey, man, I was just thinking, just sending a text. I was just thinking about you, praying for you, love you. Have I ever done that to you, Brother Richmond? Just felt to do it. Wasn't expecting to get anything, in, anything back from that. But God says, uh-huh, I'm going to make sure that one gets back. I'm going to make sure that one gets paid back. Because that's a principle that's in my word. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us. Let's just, let's just let's pray right now to get into the Holy Ghost. Because if I get in the spirit of God, these things become alive. They become so real. They become tangible. They become become aggregate, foundational into my spirit. Hallelujah. This is such a spiritual principle that it is revealed by the Holy Ghost to to different people. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse number 35. This is the Apostle Paul that is making this statement in Acts 20. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here's our challenge. Jesus never said that. That is not in the Gospels. In fact, that is not quoted anyplace else. That that sequence of terminology is not found anywhere else in the entire Bible except Acts chapter 20. Where did he get it? He got that from the Holy Ghost. And I believe that. I believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I was praying before service and I, I didn't want this to come across as just some textbook ABC, one, two, three, point A, point B, XYZ. I, I, you didn't come here for that and I didn't come here to do that. And I felt spiritually challenged today. Because this is a revelation. I want to tell you the kingdom of God is a dimension. It is not a religion. It is not a denomination. It's not even just an experience. It's not. It's part of an experience, but it's not limited to that. It is a dimension. It is a mode of existence that you can live there. You can walk in it. And the more that you train yourself to live by those principles of that kingdom, instead of how you feel, how tired you are, what you think, what you reason, the more you bring the dynamic of that dimension into this world. And I want to tell you something. If you ever taste of that, you will never, ever, ever, be the same. It will change your Christianity It will change your walk with God. It will change everything that you do because you have a revelation of a dimension. that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter who you're with, no matter what's going on, there is a dimension right there. It's just right there. And and when you get in trouble, I'm going to grab a principle on this dimension, and I'm going to pull it into this world, and all of a sudden, everything changes. The worst thing you can do is react in this world by your flesh and your carnality. It's just the cycle of reciprocity. All you're going to get back is flesh. All you're going to get back is a bad attitude. All you're going to get back are hateful words. All you're going to get back is stubbornness. All you're going to get back is things. But if you say, you know what, I'm going through this, but I am not bound to this. There is another world that's higher than this world. That is genuine Christianity. Clap your hands and give God the praise. And see, I know this, and I am challenged as a Christian leader to provide you, not just just tell you this, and not just hit you over the head with this, but to provide you with tools so that you can experience that for yourself. That is the challenge of real ministry. And it's impossible without the power of the Holy Ghost. Because to the spiritual, all things are spiritual. You can't judge whether this is spiritual or not unless you yourself are in the spirit. You can be tired, you can be wore out, you can be having a bad day, and this will just come across like another Bible study. But even that, if there's some faith that is in your heart the word of God can get some ground and pull you out of that posture until you're, you're walking on a street of gold in the spirit and God is in control and the devil is on the run and you're doing better than you think you are and God is with me and God is in me and God is for me. About 12 years ago, in our previous building, there was a man that very supernaturally gifted man that stopped and preached a revival for us he was a He was a missionary from Brazil or had been and uh incredibly gifted man and he was going back east to begin a home missions work, and our church took up a large offering for him and he stayed with us and preached the weekend. It was fabulous. We had a Saturday morning men's prayer meeting. I can't even remember how many men were there. But after the men's prayer meeting, we were in my office. He said, Pastor, he said, God showed me that there were three millionaires in that prayer meeting tonight, or today, this morning. See, I believe this stuff. See, I've just seen too much. See, once you're exposed to a certain level of spirituality, you can never go back and just act like, man, it wasn't there. Or that, that was just me. or, You know, I told him not to put anchovies on my Papa Murphy's. No, that was the spirit. And once, once your spirituality is expanded, it, it, you, it cannot be retracted. Something's going to have to change to make room for that. And and that's how God gets us to grow as He expands our understanding. And if we're willing, that will continue to mold and shape us where we walk in it. It becomes a principle of life. He said, "There's three millionaires in that room." We walked back into the uh, to the sanctuary there on Broadway, and I said, "Okay, which ones?" I was checking him. He said, that one, that one, and that one right there is a multimillionaire. I am going to tell you that he was right on the money. Two of them he was looking at through the eyes of faith. One of them that was in that, that, was in that room is a millionaire today. The multimillionaire is still a multimillionaire. The other one backslid, but was on his way to becoming one. You see, there are people that have learned, and the sooner you learn this in God, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost coming, the sooner you get over the hump of how you were raised about money and raised about giving and raised about the ha- the the haves and the have-nots and 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 all of the human idiosyncrasies that prevent people from really being blessed. You're blessed cuz you work hard. God blesses that. But that's not the kind of blessing I'm talking about tonight. This is the type of blessing that you need to get into as quickly as you can because what happens is you start building up all kinds of human resistance to this the longer you live in life to where you just, it's, you don't want to pay the price anymore. You don't want to fight that battle anymore, and you just say, it's good enough like it is. I'm okay. Not knowing that right under your nose is a dimension. Let's lift our hands and say, God, I want to go there. I'm I'm tired of listening to my stinking flesh that thinks I know everything. I need to become like a little child, Jesus. Just put that quarter in my hand and let that quarter grow. Let's really pray right now. I can't do this by myself today. I've got to have the help of God because if this church can ever ride on the wings of this. Oh, Jesus, I feel it coming on me right now. You can give your way out of where you are. I'll tell you what typically happens with good people. Man, you look good tonight. You look real good. I'm not going to get close enough, but you probably smell good. You look real good, though. Hallelujah. Tell your mama I said hi. Why not? Love everybody. What happens with good people, and this is very humanistic, is they get blessed to a certain level. This is why churches don't grow. It's the same principle. A pastor gets financially secure because the church grows a little bit. And the pastor becomes financially secure. And that security begins, and for lack of a better term, and I don't mean this to sound Judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental for the sake of being judgmental. I'm trying to describe something. But they become jaded. You know I'm telling you the truth. You've seen it for years. And I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying it's a human mechanism. People get to the place where they get comfortable and they quit pushing the borders. You know, our building's fine. I'll let the next guy worry about it. That's why churches quit growing. And when they quit growing, when leadership quits lengthening the cords of the tent and desiring to go forth, then if they're not careful, they actually start losing. Because that's the only way that God can wake him up. When, and it, let's take that and apply that to the individual. The individual comes in and they're in rags and I'm, I'm, I'm a textbook example of this. I come in I'm living in rags. I'm living out of cardboard boxes now. I, I'm just, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. And if your consecration is not greater than your level of blessing, you'll quit praying. If your consecration is not greater than your level of blessing, you will quit seeking God like you did before you got to your perch. I've seen it over and over. Guy comes in. He gets blessed, buys a car. All of a sudden, he starts missing church. Where you at, man? Ah, you know. Got to get them to go to work tomorrow. Couldn't make it to church. i was tired. Okay, well, how'd you get that job? Well, <laughs> God's good. How'd you get that car? God's good. Shouldn't you put God first? See, this is where Israel messed up when they was ghetto folks from Goshen. even get water out of a rock without hitting it. God finally supplied manna that tasted like fresh oil. Manna is a Hebraic idiom for what is this? One preacher said it's whatever you want it to be. I want a T-bone steak, but it looked this little white thing. See, when God started blessing Israel, that's when they started messing up. It's a human tendency. Doesn't mean you're demon possessed. Doesn't mean you're going to hell. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It's just a human weakness. As soon as we get our creature comforts, as soon as we have enough food in our pantry, As soon as there's gas in the car, some people just back away a little bit. Y'all still out there? I still love you. I hope you still love me. The only thing that will break that cycle is when giving becomes a lifestyle. See, the reality of it is we should have never got this building. This is the first building. I had one man tell me this. An apostolic individual told me, he said, this is the first building in the history of the Washington District that was over a million dollars. This building right now, right now, is valued at a little under five, and I talked to the realtor today, and he said, there is. listen, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like my ears are gonna turn into Mr. Spock here in a minute. Listen to this. He said there is an overpass that is coming across Interstate 90 that is gonna land right here at the end of our property. He said, Your property's worth more than five million. Just little old home missionaries. Just somebody that came here with zero. Just my wife and my two kids. Surely you can praise God. Surely that's notable. Surely that means something. It's another dimension. Somebody walked in it. Somebody believed in it. Somebody invested in it. You always have the people that go, Oh, what's it going to cost? Well, pastor, I just don't know about all this. You're in another dimension. See, if God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Brother Simo. we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us to believe that he can do all things through us and with us. But in our little finite thinking, all the the zeros got to be in line and all the dots and all the decimal points and everything's got to be there until it's not even God anymore. It's us. And now our flesh can feel a little bit better because we know it's us and we know it's not going to fail. It will never be of God unless there's a risk. It will never be of God unless failure's in the picture. It will never. Aren't you tired of the dimension you're in? It's for everybody. It's for everybody. You can walk in this. It'll radically change your life. Clap your hands and give him praise. It's like, it's like people, when God actually gets around to doing a miracle for some people, they stick it under a microscope and they say, okay, now what preceded it? Okay, and i got to walk this way and i got to comb my hair this way and I have to wear the same shirt and the same shoes and the same socks and I'll walk exactly like I walked and God will perform the same miracle. had nothing to do with that. Somewhere you tapped into another dimension and you brought that dimension into this dimension. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. Trying to help you. It's for everybody. It's not just for this pastor. This pastor came to talk to you about it so that you can experience it the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, however long God allows us to live. Come on, let's lift our hands and give him praise. Giving is a lifestyle. I met some people that receive is a (laughs) lifestyle. It's all about me. They're called spoiled brats, narcissistic, hedonistic, selfish people. Where do they come from? Spoiled children have an unhealthy view of themselves and others. Likewise, spoiled children, if left to themselves, become spoiled adults. I want to talk to you about a couple things. Number one, a spoiled person believes that life is about having fun. You check your history book, the word fun did not even exist in the American dialogue and lexicon of language until about the 30s when movies and Hollywood and speakeasies and alcohol. Life is about fun, pleasure, not effort, or accomplishment-based. Young people, listen up. Number two, a spoiled person believes that relationships are unimportant, unless I'm at the center of it. Number three, respect, honor, and integrity are foreign and alien concepts to a selfish person. Man, we need to respect that person. Number four, they have a false perspective of what is mine and what is God's. They don't know where that line is. Honey, I know exactly where that line is because I know where he found me. Clap your hands and give him praise. I'm exactly where I was 30 years ago. Plus 30 years of God's blessing, God's provision, and God's power. Clap your hands all over the building and give him praise. They have a false perspective of mine. My time, my money, my, 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 my. I remember talking to one guy. I said, "Man, you know we're in the middle of a building program. And could you do something? He had a he had an expertise that nobody else had. Well, I can't do that. I'm going to the woods. I Thought okay. So we hired somebody. He lost his blessing. A lack of, they have a lack of spiritual discipline that accompanies true growth and maturity. They think they're fine. I've been preaching the gospel for almost 30 years. I've been saved for about 34, 35 years. You're looking at one person that needs God. You're looking at one person tonight. I need this altar. I need to be here in the morning to pray. I need to be here before church to pray. I need to be here when all church is praying. I don't understand these people that that can live without prayer. I don't understand this. I don't understand people that are more so spiritual. They don't need to pray with the church. They don't even need to hardly come to church. They don't need to go to the prayer room. I don't understand that. You're listening to one preacher that I'm not going to make it if I don't pray. I'm not going to make it if I don't love people. I'm not going to make it if I don't love God. I'm not going to make it. And I want to make it more than anything in this world. I want to please him that brought me out. I want to please him that put grace in my life. I want to please him. Clap your hands and give him praise. Selfish. Don't get mad at me this is the, I got this stuff from psychology today some of it a selfish person a person that's not a giver finds personal discomfort and sacrifice is usually signals the end of commitment. Oh man, this building's great! How'd we get in here? Oh, just we just added water, and here it is. I found a bottle and just started praying for a genie or something. Obi Wan Kenobi, abracadabra, UPC headquarters. Oh, I'll tell you how this building got here. There were some people that believed in another dimension. And look at the people that are in this building. Think They told me on Sunday the building was almost 80% full. Honey, clap your hands and give God the praise. That doesn't happen because of one person. It happens because of a dimension that was pulled. We brought a dimension in here. Somebody paid for it. Somebody prayed for it. Somebody believed for it. How's the next one going to happen? Same way. This is our fourth building. We're going to get the fifth one the same way. You're going to have some people that are going to pull that dimension into this world. And God's going to say, because you guys made a move, I'm going to move. Because everything begins with me. Given shall be given. Giving is a lifestyle. Number seven, our wants, needs, and demands are more important than others. If you're in any of that list at all, the Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became an adult, I made some choices. You can't be one of these kind of individuals that looks at what other people have. This, I'm gonna tell you, this is alive and well. This is alive and well in Pentecost. Well, look what they got. If they was given as much. Don't be criticizing. They got that because they are givers. See, you can't out give God. And the person that actually does that ends up getting blessed. You can't point a finger at him and say, look at all the stuff they got. What did they start with? That is the truest gauge of blessing. What did you start with? America's all caught up with retirement, ERAs, IRAs, just don't touch the NRA, just trying to make sure you're still awake. Well, pastor, we got to have retirement. Oh, I understand. I understand. I get that. But I want to live through retirement with the blessing and the glory and the clarity of conscience of knowing that when I was in the saddle, I gave 100%. percent you always, in a church this size, you always, listen, I'm dealing with these things on a frequent basis. People get it, oh, I don't like those people. Why? They think they're better than everybody. You know what it is? They're more blessed than you. And in your insecurity, you got an attitude. Why don't you put it in the altar and do what they did to get where they are, and God will do the same for you? My Bible said he's no respecter of persons. Instead of pointing a finger at everybody else, why don't you point it right here and say, I know where to go, and it's the altar. See, if a pastor get doesn't get up and talk about this stuff, it festers, it'll, it'll take over an entire congregation. You get some people that think they're leaders when they're not leaders. They're actually being used as the devil to impede the progress of spirituality because they got a little bit of experience. That's a horrible thing to operate on if you're not in the other dimension. The other dimension is always looking for an opportunity to give. Brother Kenneth, stand up for a minute. Come right over here. I want everybody to see you. Now, he's been praying. He's got his hand out. He's been praying. Put it right out in front so everybody can see this, okay? Are You got a job, don't you? Are, are you working at the Miraboo? Oh, praise God. Okay. Last time I talked to you, were working at the Mirabu. he's got a job, and he probably prayed for that job, didn't you? So you got to have a starting point. See, God allows everybody to start at the same place so that when you're blessed, everybody has the same reference point. Nobody just wakes up and says, Well, I'm related uh, to Kanye West, and he just sent me a couple million. Honey, that stuff don't happen in the church, okay? You're in the wrong church for that stuff. In fact, you need to get Kanye and throw him in the garbage. Okay? Okay, so he's been praying. He's got some needs. and so God gives him that. Okay? Oh, go ahead and hold your hand out again. Close your fist. This is how a lot of people do it. Now an opportunity comes to give, and God wants to put more in there. Close your fist. (laughs) You're going to do real good on that job if you listen to the pastor. Okay, this is how a lot of people are. No, I am telling you, God can't get any more money in there. Because what he gave you, you're wrapped up on it so tight. Nobody can get it. pastor's not going to get it. God's not going to get it. New church isn't going to get it. Nobody's going to get it. No cause is good enough because I got plans for it. But you open your hand. You give it to God. Now God can put two in there. It's that simple. Everything that I learned, I learned in kindergarten. Put away my toys and be nice to people and not ring the doorbell and run. Real basic. You can't outgive God. God is looking for a channel from that dimension into this dimension. And he's saying, come on, try me. Prove me. It's the only place in the Bible where God said, prove me. Prove me. Prove me now and see. may be seated. In fact, here's a dollar for helping me. Go ahead. I'm a giver. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and give Jesus some praise right now. I'm telling you, this works. I'm telling you, this works. I'm telling you, this works. And the previous generation in Pentecost, used to talk about these kinds of things all the time. I am telling you that they used to preach because when Pentecost first started, it, this last Saturday, Brother Larry Booker took me to Azusa Street, to the Bonnie Bray house. I want to tell you, we walked in the Bonnie Bray house. He had to call the woman. Uh, we were in downtown Los Angeles. I mean, you look up and th- there's mega skyscrapers all over the place, and he takes me to this place on this little teeny tiny side street, and it's called the Bonnie Bray House. There's a National Historic Association plaque there. And he says, I know the woman personally. She will come and open the house for me. He made a phone call. And the woman showed up about 20 minutes later, a very sweet Filipino lady. She opened the door. Every every house there has got gates and bars on the window. And we walked in, and we walked in this house. They said, please, everybody take your shoes off. And there was hardly anything in there. There was a piano. There was a table. All of it was original. All of it was, was in the house. And it was the Bonnie Bray house. What is the Bonnie Bray house? The Bonnie Bray house is where what is recorded as being the very first person to receive the Holy Ghost on the West Coast in like 1905. Okay? And it's Brother Larry Booker is sitting in a chair, and I'm sitting five feet away from him, and I could feel the Holy Ghost the whole time we were in this house. Old wooden floors. Uh, The woman went in the back room and lay down. She, she, uh, as the curator, while people walked around, she would go lay down. And it's just he and I, and he's telling me the whole story about how um, a black preacher with the last name of Seymour Let's give it up for Brother Seymour. <laughs> they started having prayer meetings. Nobody had the Holy Ghost, but they were all seeing it in the Bible. And they said, we want this Holy Ghost. And they, they, they agreed that this little group is going to fast for 10 days until God did something. And so on the third day, there was a woman that fell on the floor and started speaking in tongues. And then there was a black custodian that got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and it just started catching on fire when one person got the Holy Ghost, another person got the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass at that Bonnie Bray house that there were hundreds of people. The The police had to block off the ends of the street because people would come there from all over Los Angeles to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's where it exploded. Then they moved from Bonnie Bray house to the Apostolic Faith Mission that was a building. It took me right to that. It was on Azusa Street. It is now... Um, just like a little park area. Uh, it's all cemented over, and there's big buildings everywhere. We're still right downtown Los Angeles. I'm thinking, my God, right downtown Los Angeles is where God poured out the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost on these people. And and at the Apostolic Faith Mission, William J. Seymour was a black preacher. And in a 40 by 60 build, building, He had people, they had between four and 500 people that jam-packed like sardines into that building, and they all got the Holy Ghost. People standing outside by the hundreds got the Holy Ghost. It started a fire around the world. There were people that came from all over the known world that went to Azusa Street, and he said that there was actually, it went on for like four or five years, and it began to wane because of political things that happened and, and things that I won't bore you with here today. But there were, it started a fire that lit around the world. Us today, in this room tonight, is because of the sacrifice of some people. I'm telling you, Pentecost did not start out with beautiful matching carpet and beautiful comfortable pews. It started on clapboard buildings. The bank sold it out from underneath uh, William J. Seymour, and it almost ended the entire revival. They didn't have any money. They tried to take up offerings. People didn't have a lot. It started out with faith, but it was another dimension. That was driving into the 20th century, and it was so powerful. Listen to me. When God began to fill people with the Holy Ghost, at the exact same time was the famous San Francisco earthquake, and that earthquake rippled all the way down the San Andreas Fault to Los Angeles. When Jesus said, It is finished. There was a great earthquake. And I looked at Brother Booker. I said, I never heard the connection between the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the great San Francisco earthquake where it just it decimated a good portion of the city, caught on fire. I started looking at pictures of those people, my brothers and my sisters. Somebody paid a very precious price. Somebody from another dimension brought this into our world. You can think whatever you want. You can keep your opinions. You can do whatever you want to do. But that precious woman over there in me came to Spokane to pull one dimension into another until there's a collision. this church is an absolute miracle because we continue every week to pull one dimension into another with a collision. God spoke to his people when he brought them out of Egyptian bondage, and I'm almost done couple minutes after nine, I'll be done. Don't run away, please. And he said, I am leading you to a land that flows. Now, Brother Sergeant, the time is coming where I want to give you and your wife an opportunity to testify about some things because I think that you're one of the people I know that's actually tapped into this. See, when you live in the flow, it pops up here, pops up there, pops up here. You don't even worry. Your confidence is so high, and your trust level in God, in that other dimension, that you just know, well, this is going on, Pastor, and that's going on. I, I just... God's going to take care of this. That's going on. and This is going on. That's going on. God's going to help us. This is going on. Because you're living in the flow. God said, I'm leading you to a land that flows. Not Sunday to Sunday. Not Wednesday to Wednesday. Not some herky, jerky, stop, start. No. Flow. Flow. We flowed out of the first building. We flowed into the second building and we flowed into the third building and now we're going to flow out of this building. It started with people that are just in the flow. Some of you young couples that are getting married, I want you to start your marriages out right. Live in the flow. Don't get hung up with biting your fingernails to your elbow. God is going to take care of you. God doesn't have neurotic people. God doesn't have paranoid people. God doesn't have people that need antidepressants. No, you need to pray through. You need to get a hold of that other dimension and say, I have not received a spirit again to fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise. All across this building, let's praise him. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. We didn't start this. We didn't finish this. We are all connected to Pentecost. We are all connected to Calvary. We are all connected to an infinite, powerful God. Living in the flow. Living in the flow, living in the flow, where you pray and the doorbell rings, the phone rings, an envelope in the mail, somebody appears, somebody said something that led to something else and God connected all the dots, living in the flow, living in the flow, living in the flow. there's nothing in this world. Well, pastor, you just don't know what it's like, please don't bore me with that. Who do you think was here before you got here? No, 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 no. Some of you people don't really ever realize it was that rough. There were days and days. Not one complaint. Not one time did we think about packing up and leaving. Not one time did we complain to the organization, complain to neighbors, complain, cry. No. We were living in the flow. And we just knew it was just a matter of time. See, when you get on location, Brother Richmond, you have to overcome where other people failed. Before you start experiencing your own flow in a region, you have to overcome where other people drop the ball. Most of the time, they become organizationally active, and that's where it stops. It becomes all about the organization now instead of the kingdom. And we know that because that's as far as the kingdom went locally. But you can go from faith to faith and victory to victory. You can go from 100 to 200 to 300 to 400 to 500. If you keep your focus right. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. It's not the will of God that 50 people are saved in a city of 500,000. What happened? Somebody became satisfied. They took their eyes off the dimension. Come on, lift your hands. Give God the praise. God, God's looking for people to flow with here tonight. God's looking to start flowing. You know what that feeling's like. You come home, you get home on a Sunday, there's a, there's a voice on your answering machine. It's something you've been praying for. It's something that you believe, believe in God for. And it's because faith has now arrived and faith has been manifested. You can walk in this. You can live in it. You can wake up to it. You can go to bed in it. It's the most intoxicating thing in this world. This altar is open. You want to this you're invited to come and pray. You want to live in the flow. You want to start by being a giver. It starts with me. It starts with my attitude, my spirit. God's going to bless. God's going to out bless you. God's going to prove to you that that's what it's all about. God is no respecter of persons. But He is a respecter of faith. He is a respecter of attitude. He is a respecter of thankfulness. He is a respecter of gratitude. He is a respecter of holiness. He is a respecter of righteousness. He is a respecter of sanctification. He is a respecter of your attitude. He is a respecter of what comes out of your mouth. He is a respecter of what's in your heart. He is a respecter. He is a respecter. He is a respecter. Hold on, Sister Mayo. Hold on. Hold on. Let me have your attention for one moment, then we'll resume praying. Because I just remembered, I wanted to end this on a certain note. Sometimes I miss my target. There's millionaires in this church. Hold. Jesus spoke more about money than he did heaven because how you, handle, how you acquire it how you handle it how you give it away taps into so many spiritual principles there are people under the sound of my voice that God wants to use as a channel if we can live in that other dimension and realize that money is a tool not a goal let's lift our hands all over this building let's give God the praise God's looking for somebody to flow with God's already been talking to people here tonight God started out wanting you to become incredibly wealthy so that you could be a giver, an avenue, a conduit. Come on, let's pray. But you're going to have to ditch a lot of long-term thinking and get it under the blood and say, God, I don't know anything, but you know everything. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. You know, I don't want this to be like just another altar call that just dissipates. There's some powerful things that are taking place right here. I want, just reach over and lay your hand over on a brother and sister to sister. And let's connect. Let's connect. I want to tell you, there are people, there are people, Brother David, under the sound of my voice, that God has already talked to about what I preached tonight what I talked about tonight about them being those conduits about them being those people that bring that portal into this dimension lift your hands God's going to do it if God mentioned it to you it's the will of God it's the will of God it's the will of God churches don't happen like this just because you add water and you go through a couple things. No, somebody pulled another dimension from another world and brought it into this world. Everybody in this sanctuary, let's stand right now. Let's stand. The church started as a dream. prayer as your pastor is is that your wings will ride on the winds of another dimension instead of paycheck to paycheck and sentient daily existence like a lost and a fallen world but you'll train your flesh there's another dimension higher richer, more glorious. God, I pray the cornerstone rides on the winds of another dimension.